I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. He is back from Australia. I I can't even imagine, Mike, how long this flight was. Tell me just how agonizing it was, how much medication you're on to overcome that insane distance. I'm not on any. Actually, I was thinking of you, Qantas, uh, you know, never crashed. Qantas never crashed. Never crashed. Was remarkable because you would have enjoyed it. There was enough movie selection on their their recorder that you could have gone through. You could have done Cinephile at least three times on that. There was I'm so going to watch Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane, Godfather. Actually, I watched, the, I watched The Hustle with Jackie Gleason. Oh, wow. And Paul, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Paul Newman guy. I could watch anything with Paul Newman. I love Paul Newman. One of the greatest books I ever read was Newman and Me by A.E. Hockner and Paul Newman. It's incredible. But anyway, so I watched that, and it kind of applies because in that hustle, they talk about how, you know, character – it overrides talent because have you ever, have you seen the hustle the hustler yeah a long time ago gleason's the bad guy right oh, yeah. no gleason's not really he's plays minnesota fats he's really not minnesota the bad fats guy right. yeah. he's not right. the bad guy george uh, i mean uh the guy who played Patton, george c scott oh, george c scott bad. that's right he's the bad guy but anyway there was enough movie selection you know and enough, and enough drugs you can get your way through it but you know all, through all that i'm, I'm in freaking hawaii and I still got four hours to go. I'm like, holy shit! Like at, at some point, this has got to end. But it was great. I mean, I had I had the greatest time down there. The people were tremendous to me. It was really, really incredible. This whole thing started with two guys, Tim Watson and Gary Lyon, both played in the AFL. And Tim read my book. Tim's son read my book, and then his son Joby gave the book to Tim, and then Tim read the book. And then Gary read the book, and then they had me on. And then that's kind of how this whole thing migrated and where I got down there. Those two guys were incredible. But the Italian food was wonderful. The city's beautiful. It's just wintertime. You should have seen it, A.D. They were down there in the winter, and I'm watching people cross the street. You would have thought you were in midtown Manhattan the way they were bundled up in February. Like, <laughs> and it was 50 degrees. Right. It's their winter, but it's still relatively seasonable, really right? Really beautiful. No, beautiful. And a beautiful town. I mean, a beautiful town. It was, had a lot of, a lot, just really pretty. I mean, it's a long way. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think is, uh, one of the coaches, I, I don't know if I shared this on, on GM Shuffle, but one of their coaches heard me on this podcast. He ended up flying to Las Vegas to see me. And then he flew from Las Vegas to New Jersey. Just to be on the planes, he sat next to me. I don't know how he did it. And then we talked for five hours. And he, he then after that, he then, I said, just stay at the hotel. He stays at the hotel at the airport. Next day, he gave me a book that I, that I thought he wanted me to keep. And I put it in my bag. But he needed it back, right? Yes. So That's he's amazing. Ne- so at 730, he's at my house the next morning. 
And Mailey's like, you didn't even offer him any coffee. But that's incredible. He gave you the book. He expected you just to speed read it. I, I don't know. I think he wa- he wanted it back, which was fine. I I don't. But this man flew from. He flew Thursday. He basically was in the air more than he was on the ground on his bye week. Just wanted to hang out with you. Just to just to wanted to learn brain, about the Patriots. Stories, yeah. it, it really wasn't me. It's the Patriots. I mean, it's you know people are looking for this recipe to Belichick. Like what makes him so successful? And they keep searching. And the reality of it is, is it's like doing the same thing over and over again. But people don't want to hear that. You know, it's like me. I want to take a pill to lose 30 pounds. I mean, you know, it's like I don't want to diet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm right there with you, pal. Speaking of the Patriots, Tom Brady, two-year, $70 million contract extension. And so you say, all right, the guy just turned 42, a couple more years, why not? He, he, a little bit of drop-up, but not much. They just won the Super Bowl. But the big re- reason they did this, Mike, is so that Brady gets a raise and you get cap flexibility this year. So he's going to get $23 million this season. That's an $8 million raise from what he would have been getting. So this is a win-win for both sides, right? Yeah, I mean, and if I were Jerry Jones, I would call Dak Prescott up and say, if Tom Brady takes $23 million, that's what you should take too, right? I mean, <laughs> Right, he's the greatest of all time. What are you complaining about? Yeah, exactly. What are you complaining about? And then Brady puts his house up for sale. If you have an extra $39.5 million, you can buy this incredible home in Chestnut Hill. You know, where he's going to talk about moving down there. I think Tom is on the year-to-year. He gained more weight. He's up to 225. Uh you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know if any of us can predict, really, the future for Tom in the sense of where does it end and where does it keep going? Like, how can you know? How do you know? Yeah. Really? I mean, that, that waking, you think that he's just added bulk just in case of, like, you know, preventative from sacks and that kind of stuff? I think what people don't understand about f- football players, and, and this is why quarterbacks tend to lose their, their, their stuff during the year, why do baseball pitchers run in the outfield in spring training to strengthen their legs, right? Right. It's all about their leg strength. And if you lose leg strength at any point during the season as a quarterback, you lose your effectiveness with the football. And if you rely solely on your arm, I mean, Roethlisberger's been this problem. He hasn't really worked hard enough in the offseason to drive, to, to work his lower body. So I think, I think what Tom wants to be able to do, because at 42, he's going to need every inch of that body to get into it. And I think that lower body and all that. And, which is, which is going to make a difference. And I think it's going to help him hopefully down the road. Look, I think the, you know, the Patriots, they're talking about – they're going to be better on defense. I think Jamie Collins is talking about playing like he's capable of playing. And when Jamie Collins plays well, the Patriots, it gives them a linebacker that can do so much and it takes the pressure off a high tower. They could be good on defense. Yeah, so once again, no surprise that uh, the Patriots lock up Brady. And now the question, as you mentioned with Jerry Jones, he said about extending Zeke, Dak, and Cooper. So Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott, it'll happen. He said the results are too good for them and too good for the Cowboys. But Zeke says, Mike, he's not going to play without a new contract this year. Now, he does not expect to hold out in the regular season. That's according to ESPN's Josina Anderson. So basically, I'm not going to play, but I'll probably – play push come to shove a month from now but I, I love these reports like you don't think Josina like the agent gave Josina Henderson that report like just put it right <laughs> in her lap and said he hey by the way instead of me taking an ad out in the Washington Post why don't we just t- why don't you explain my story to everybody and go ahead and here it is I mean this is the power of uh, what do they call ESPN the, uh, the worldwide leader yeah worldwide leader this is the power of the leader yeah you know I mean it's like they get look let's be real honest here I mean he's if he misses the season he gets an accrued he doesn't get an accrued season so he doesn't goes to a free agency so he's got to come into camp this isn't one of those Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell did not have a contract he was already a free agent like these guys got to show up they don't get an accrued season now well they'll show up later in the season hey that's fine if they want to do that lose all the money and then who's going to want to come sign them I I I 
look, Zeke's going to have to play whether he gets a new contract or not. And Jerry's smart enough to know. I just think what's going on in Dallas is I think as Jerry gets up there in age, he's in the Hall of Fame now. I think Stephen Jones is the voice of reason in the building, and I think they're trying to get control of their contracts a little bit by just paying everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. But at the same time, Mike, you know how hard it is to balance these contracts when it comes to cap flexibility. Is it realistic they can get all three of those guys signed, Zeke, Dak, and Amari Cooper? I think it goes back to what I said last week. I think if they can get a deal with Dak, that's a good deal for, th- for a short term. Like, they can't just pay. Here's what they can't do. They can't You can't pay- lock up all three guys long term. Right, because what's happened is you can't go cheap year one, year two, year one on Zeke, and then go cheap year one on Dak, and go cheap year one on Amari, and then in year two they all explode. Now you got three explosions in the same year, so you're going to have to give and take. It's going to have to be managed like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, and I think that that's really what the key is. And so, I, I, you know, and and look, Jer- Jerry can get him signed. I don't think that's a doubt. I, I I just don't understand how anybody doesn't see that that Zeke is the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, could you imagine Jason Garrett trying to manage this offense without Zeke? Yeah, it'd be so one-dimensional, you're right, if it was just Dak Prescott, if Zeke was not there. You're right, he's the fulcrum with which the entire offense operates. They know he's the bell cow, as they used to say. Even if running backs are devalued in today's NFL, Ezekiel Elliott still has a lot of prominence. He, He is the outlier, right? I think Melvin Gordon's making a mistake. I think if I'm Melvin Gordon, I come in, I I become a team player, I do all that, and know that I'm either going to be franchised or I'm going to make a fortune. Like, I don't see what Melvin Gordon's trying to get out of this. I really don't. Because Melvin Gordon, at some point, is going to get to the line of demarcation. Look, we know this about Le'Veon Bell. If the Jets and Mike McKagan don't come in and give him that huge deal, he might not even have half that deal. Right. I mean, he might not even have half that deal. There's a there's a, a, a not a tolerance for paying these running backs. And I think if I'm Melvin Gordon, I'm coming in, I'm going to get a contract, and I'm going to try to do that. I, I think this like you got to stop thinking you're you're Paul George. Like you got to stop thinking that you're you, you you can create this. Like you're not Paul. You're not you're not Kawhi Leonard. Okay, let's just get that out on the table. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you this. By the way, uh, after I was at the Essington game, they, I, I'll take full responsibility for the Essington AFL team getting their asses kicked. That was on me, right? I'll take full <laughs> responsibility. Got our asses hammered. I mean, it was disgusting. It was forty-seven thirty-seven, and Port Adelaide got a cheap field goal, a cheap uh, touchdown with. 10 seconds to go would have made Belichick go completely berserk but anyway uh and then they got blown out but my man Ben Simmons in the locker room after the game down there you know I'm like no bro get working on your jump shot you don't need to be coming to an AFL game like let's get you know yeah and then I saw some story he said he got kicked out of a casino because like racial slurs I'm like well what this is not the headlines I want to be seeing from your guy Ben Simmons. I'm just telling you I was in that country I don't think races they have no issue there's no they don't see race in that country the two things they don't see in that country they don't see that there's no gun they apparently they had a gun problem there was a mass shooting down there in 1997 98 they changed the gun laws immediately, right? And they haven't had one since. So, and, and I don't think they have any issue with one thing. One thing when you go to that country, mm-hmm. it, th- those are really nice people. Really nice people. Yeah, it's good that you're welcome there. And you talk about the culture of not only. Australia, the culture of the Patriots, the culture of the Lions now trying to borrow from the Patriots, playing the Patriots touchdown song, This Is Our House During Practice. I mean, Matt Patricia is making this happen, Lombardi. Detroit Patriots, let's go. You know, it's like, look, all you got to do about Matt Patricia is I have a slide when I do a presentation about being authentic as a leader, and I put a picture of Sinatra in a leisure suit. Nice. Right? 
Sinatra in a leisure suit or Doesn't Sinatra fit. in a tuxedo, right? Like, you're not authentic. Sinatra is not a leisure suit guy with the chain around his neck. Like, that ain't Sinatra. Like, like He's Matt, looking like Pauly from The Sopranos. It doesn't Yeah, fit. like, Pauly's authentic, right? You know, that he's got he's got 17,000 pairs of white shoes. My, my, you know what's amazing thing about Pauly is? My mother had the white shoes, and they were always white. Like, like... They were to the day she died. They were white as could be. Like she kept right. them. There's something about the Italians that had to have white shoes. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a, yeah. I, I mean, look. I don't know. I'm going to find out, but I have a sense that things aren't. I think things will be a little rocky up there once they lose a game. I'm not sure how good Detroit is as a football team. I I think that they're in for an awakening. I really do. They said yesterday's practice was competitive. We'll see how it goes. But I don't see how the players are buying into the copycat. Nobody buys a copycat. You know, like nobody buys it. It's back to your point about being authentic. It's like authentic is good. You know what's not good? Gimmicky. Shtick. Yeah. Like people yeah. see that stuff and they go, no, nah, no, nah, that, that, that's like 15 minutes of fame stuff. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work. It's just like a pencil behind your ear when you're looking at a laminated sheet. That doesn't work either. Like, what's that pencil going to do for you? Like, at right, some exactly. point, like that pencil's symbolic for Bill, which is great. Pay tribute to Belichick, but you're competing against them. I mean, look, you know, I, I, we practiced against the Giants when uh, Parcells was supposed to be there. Then he slipped town and Ray Hanley was the coach. And, I mean, Bill wasn't walking around in Cleveland in 91 trying to act like he was the, you know, the former Giant coach. You know, I think you got to have your own personality within your team. I think this is part of the problem in the NFL is so many of these teams haven't been able to adopt a, adopt a personality like their head coach. You know, that's what you have to do. you got to become a you, – your head coach gives your team its personality, whether it's college or pro, you know. And and if you're the most highly paid coach on the staff, you got to coach and you also got to give your team personality. And sometimes these guys, I, I think they just – they lose sight of that. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but... It has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you gotta do, go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. 
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code shuffle that's code shuffle for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Moving on. As far as Houston is concerned, they soured on hometown running back Dante Foreman. Uh, the Colts have claimed him right away. So what do you think went into the decision-making here? What was it for Houston that said, you know what, we can't have this guy on the team anymore? I think this is a real frustrating guy because this guy is a little bit like what, what we saw in the movie, what I saw in the movie The Hustle, you know, where, where you know, Paul Newman's got great talent, but he had no character. So Minnesota Fats had character and beat his ass, you know. And, and Foreman's got great talent, no character. He's just lazy. I mean, he's lazy, and I, I've always wanted him to be a better player than he's wanted for himself. Now, the, the Colts are taking a chance on him because Chris Ballard, who's, who was scouted down that area, he's from that area, he knows his high school coach. I mean, he knows all the things you got to know about Foreman. If they get Foreman turned on, this is a big-time running back. This is a big, big-time running back. But I just think Houston got tired of it, and I think for their culture, how they want to operate, I think they needed to get rid of him, and they probably made the best decision. And whatever Foreman does in his career, he probably wasn't going to be very good until he got cut. Remember this. I believe this more than ever. Churchill said this in the 40s. They asked him, how did you get into power? And he said, well, fear does the work of reason. It wasn't until the Germans were in the Channel Port that the British people could be reasoned with. They were fearful. And players are like that, too. If, you, if players aren't fearful, you can't reason with them. And I think that finally Foreman is. Foreman's a really talented player. But talent alone, you, you know, what's the line in, in the Bronx tale? You know, I mean, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it better to have uh, fear or talent? It's fear, because fear lasts longer than love. Yeah. But he says, there's nothing worse than wasted talent. That's the nothing worst thing you can have than, in life. And this is really where Foreman is. I mean, at some point, you know, I remember talking to Tyrone Wheatley when he came into the Raiders. Tyrone Wheatley, he just he had, the, he had got traded from the Giants down in Miami. Then Jimmy Johnson didn't want him. He got cut. We brought him in, and I and I, I called him in the office. I said, Tyrone, you know, you and I are this is there's a there's a there's a restaurant when you leave Barstow, California, on the way to Las Vegas. Either you eat here, or we both starve. Well, that's where we are. Like either you turn it on and play. We need a running back. You know, we can both be really good at this, but you're going to have to meet us. It's the same thing with Foreman. I mean, the Colts, Spencer Ware, they put him on PUPs out for the year. They need a big back. They need somebody to go in there and pound. They've got some really good other players. Max a good player. They got more of a scat back type team. They get Foreman going. He could be a big. T- he could be the difference. 
but they got to get them going. And that's a big but. Yeah, it's like anything in life, right? Once you're faced with that adversity, then you realize, okay, I got to make a change. Otherwise, like you said, he's just, he's relying on talent, doesn't need to, doesn't need to prove himself. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You can't trust him because he never shows up. There's no consistency. There's no passion. You know, like I wrote a column for the Daily Coach about, did anybody ever have to tell Jordan to play harder? Right. Think about it. The Jordan, nobody tells Jordan to play harder. I like, he just, you, you know, like at some point, if you have to coach that, you're in a lot of trouble. You know, you're yeah. in a lot of trouble. And I, and I think that's the big problem. And these, but the one thing I will say, sometimes fear does the work of reason. Sometimes, you know, look, here's the reality of it. If Parcells was coaching Foreman, he would probably put a UPS truck in this kid's locker, like a little mm-hmm. truck, because if you don't make it here, this, you'll be driving this truck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, like, hey, it's either nobody else going to come take you. This is it. Nobody else claimed you. The Colts got them. They were a playoff team, so they pick in the 20s. Nobody else thought you were worthwhile to claim. It's time to show up. I mean, that's that's the message you got to get across to the kid. Well, that certainly is an interesting situation there for Foreman now, the Colts. On a somber note here, Mike, what happened with Don Banks, dead oh. at the age of 56. I mean, a longtime NFL writer, a guy who covered several teams, 17 years at Sports Illustrated, worked for the AthleticPatriots.com. I was stunned when I saw the headlines at 56 years old and died in his sleep. Just a... A horrible, horrible, sad occurrence. Uh, what are your remembrances of Don? I'm sure you knew him at the time of the Patriots. Huge Springsteen fan, but what I admire about Don is Don got caught up in the tidal wave of, of the industry, right? Don, white guy, middle-aged white guy, SI's dying online. Really, the only nobody's paying. They can't figure out how to how to maximize their content. They can't get anything going. Um, he got washed away, and he's been floundering around trying to get gigs. You know, he had the Patriot.com, but he wasn't really doing what he wanted to do. And he finally got this job at the Review Journal, and I called him on the phone. I texted him and congratulated him, and he was so excited about it. You know, he was just – it was kind of back into his own element where he could do some things, and then to do this to happen, I mean, it just shows you that every day you're blessed to be here, and you got to take advantage of it. If you don't, it's just – you never know when it's going to happen. And I feel really bad for his family, his two sons, his wife. You know, it's just hard to do. And, and I think that it's just unfortunate that, that especially as, as hard as he's fought back, because there's so many guys in this industry that have struggled once that we've seen this. There's a great article about how the New York Times and the Washington Post are the only two really websites that are making money with have figured out the the behind the wall paid now obviously the athletic who i work for as well which is booming and did you see this england how many subscribers they got it's incredible no, i was right? gonna say i heard it's huge tell me the numbers i heard the athletic i don't know really i well. mean the, the athletic went over half a million subscribers they've done they're doing really well in america so there is people that want to read stuff on content you know and they want to see it but the, the L.A. Times, for example, can't figure it out. Like the Post figures it out in Washington. The New York Times figures it out. But some people can't quite figure it out. And Don got caught into that who couldn't figure it out business. You know, it's scary to see. And like you said, so sad to see. You saw all the testimonials coming in, people talking about what a good guy he was and just how much he loved football. And it happened right at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So that kind of took yeah, a, a little bit of the joy. And, of the, and on that, I just think, you know, to me, I'm really delighted to see that Gil Br- – I mean, I wish I could have been there for Gil Brandt. You know, we – we did so much Gill when when I first started out in the league. Gill was the you know the personal director of the Cowboys, and I was in a combine. It was the Cowboys, the 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 49ers, the Seattle and Buffalo. We were four teams together, so I got to learn a lot from Gill. Gill trained scouts back in the day. I got to learn a lot about Gill's grading system, which we utilized in Cleveland. We took a lot of his ideas in Cleveland when Belichick and I sat down to put together the grading system there. 
And I think this was really one of the times that, you know, Gil took a long time to get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I've heard some people say that he didn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Like, Gil, Gil revolutionized scouting. And for that alone, I mean, we let some owners in the league that really didn't do very much, you know, like in the Hall of Fame, like Gil revolutionized scouting. And I'm just really happy to see that he's in the league. He deserves it. You know, did, did he have a couple blown picks? Hell yeah, we all have blown picks, right? <laughs> he was perfect, yeah. right? But I, I thought it was great. I thought the Ed Reed congratulating Belichick instead of Billick was one of the great moments of all time. And John Harbaugh's <laughs> face was even better. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you look at this class, Johnny Robinson, Kevin Mawai, Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed, Ty Law, Champ Bailey, Pat Bowen's daughters there as well. I mean, you think about defense, Mike. Bailey and Law as just like set the tone as corners. And you're right, Ed Reed, hard hit and safety. Those years with the Ravens, man, he was unbelievable. Talk a little bit about what it was like knowing you're going up against guys like Ed Reed, Ty Law, Champ Bailey. Well, I mean, look, Ed Reed was one of those players that when his mama lifted him from the crib, he was a safety. I mean, he had an instinct for the football that was better than anybody. I mean, you can't explain what he did. He's one of those players when you were driving to the stadium on Sunday, you're like, we just can't, we can't, like, even if you try to look him off, he knew you were trying to look him off. He had great awareness for the football. He was tough as shit. You know, I can remember the draft we were in uh, that Ozzy got him in, and, you know, we were supposed to pick, oh, I think we picked Derek Gibson from Florida State because he could run fast, and Ed Reed sitting on the board, and we wouldn't even talk about him because he didn't run a 4 3 So, and then Ty Law is the same thing. Ty Law, a lot of people were down on Ty Law, said he couldn't run, but Ty Law, I think what we lose sight of a little bit, Champ Bailey, too, it's defensive backs. Everybody talks about defensive backs as size and speed, right? Defensive back is probably the most instinctive position on the field besides quarterback and running back. It's really instinctive, and those guys play the game with great instincts. Like If you go out and evaluate a cornerback, you got to look at two things, instincts and balance. If they're never in balance, they're never going to make a play. And if they don't have instincts, they can't make a play on the ball. And if they can't make a play on the ball, what good is it? You know, like really, seriously, what good are they? So, and all those three players did, and I mean, look, I think Denver, you know, Washington traded. I mean, Mike, that was one of Mike's better trades. He trades Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey, of course, the Redskins. How about the Redskins not even calling Champ Bailey until like the day before? How about that? I know, that's horrible to hear. And they talk about how great of an organization are. They're so far out of it, it's ridiculous. They're so bad. This whole Trent Williams thing. I mean, like I keep killing Bruce Allen online and people say, well, you know, you got something against Bruce. No, I don't have anything against Bruce. He's just not very good at what he does. I watched him. Like he's, he, you know, I mean, I, you know, he's a guy that just lies all the time. He never tells the truth. You know, you could ask Bruce, is it raining? And he would say, oh, it's sunny as hell. And it'd be pouring outside. <laughs> An allergy to telling the truth. That's the kind of guy this guy is. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
I love this, Mike. We're going to get questions here. I'm going to bring this in here. We get a question from Bulgaria. I mean, this is what it's come to now. I love this. We were just, if people have questions for Mike Lombardi, of course, you can just um, email us at the gmshuffle at gmail.com. I mean, you should take some, like, oh, by the way, I was over, I saw the Melbourne Cricket Club, which was remarkable, right? And they had this yeah. toilet that you could pee in and look out and not lose sight of the game, which was even better, <laughs> right? But I'm there, and one of the – they don't have an owners of these clubs. They just have board of directors. And one of the board of directors, Peter Allen, who runs Westfield Malls down there, he blew me away. 264 Springsteen concerts he's been to in person. Oh, my God. Wait, hang on a second. What's your number at? I'm, I'm, over, 100. I'm over 100, but he's at 264. I don't. I got I to go back and tally mine up. But Did you feel like he may have been exaggerating? He said it with such conviction. Like, no, there was lie? no exaggeration. He had the number down, and we were going through concert <laughs> venues. Like I would say, yeah. did you see when he had the London, when he had the Roman Philharmonic Orchestra in Rome in 2013? Like I was like citing, like, have you? Did you go to the yeah. ones in Perth? You know, and he was going through them all, and he told me that he saw the premiere of Blinded by the Light. Yes, can't wait to see it. And he says it's incredible. I can't wait, man. One of the feel-good movies of the year. It's opening August 14th. I can't we, wait. We, I told oh, I Millie, I, 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 I tried to get Millie to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She said, it's, you know, yeah. a, AD said it was too long. You, you, I got no chance to go see it now. It's too long. <laughs> yeah. Once you tell her, hey, it's like 240, and I said it was all right. I liked it, didn't love it. No, there's a, she, you, she stopped listening as soon as you're at 240. Yeah. I mean, that was it. You rotten tomatoes me. It's like, okay, that's it. It's over. <laughs> you should really need, right. you need to have your own rating system. That's what you need. Maybe I'll get Gil Brandt to come up and give you his rating system, and you can yeah. utilize his. Right. We'll do it by four Maple Leafs. Um, here is the question. It says, Hi, Mr. Lombardi. My name is Ivo Yordanov. I am originally from Bulgaria. However, I live in London now. I love the NFL. I'm a passionate fan of the Minnesota Vikings. Having followed you on NFL.com and NFL Network, I've been on The Ringer and as a guest with various programs. I like your style of comments and the insights you can provide. It's always been great to include more from your personal background. Having been in the draft rooms, been through free agency talks, seen where the bodies are buried, participated in the building of Super Bowl teams, I'm sure you have a unique perspective. So just keep up the great work. More of the same, please. Good luck. Some Questions on the Vikings. How does a GM build the team from the trenches? We've heard the cliche. However, it seems Rick Spielman is having a hard time, especially with the dire situation at guard. Is it not more prudent to build up the O-line from the center up instead of the wings first? And finally, how realistic is it to trade for established linemen after the draft? And do teams ever do that? The GM shuffle at gmail.com. What do you got for a guy from Bulgaria? Well, I think he's right. Look, uh, uh, when you go take that course, build, team building 101, they teach you to build the offensive line. You got to get the offensive lines fixed and you got to invest in it. You got to draft second, third, and fourth round players that you can. You can't be tackle poor. You never want to be tackle poor. You want to make sure you always have tackles. Now, here's what's going to happen in these preseason games. You, the Redskins have backup, have quarterbacks they need to evaluate. The backup offensive line sucks, right? Your number one job as a general manager is to make sure in August, this August right now, is you got to have 15 offensive linemen next year that you know can play in a preseason game. Not counting college, not counting the draft. You got to find 10 at least of those players that you carry on your roster that you can build your team. You can't develop your football team if you don't have at least 12 really good offensive linemen in camp that you can get better. So he's right. And Rick's kind of like it neglected it. If you try to go out and pay for players of offensive linemen, you got you don't have enough money. There's no chance you have enough money to pay for them because they're too expensive. Everybody wants them. And the system now has created a, a void because we can't take the guys in the gym. When we were in Cleveland, we had Pat Hill, 
So Belichick hires, we got Kirk Ferentz coaching the line, Pat Hill's the backup line coach. So he could take all these other linemen in the, in the gym and he can work with them and treat and get them going. And so we were, had a really good developmental system and we were able to bring players in. The way the system is now, you can't. So you got to find another way around it and you got to really spend time. But you have to be a year ahead. You can't be a year behind. You can't like say, how are we going to, you got to be planning it right now. The GM Shuffle at gmail.com. More insights like that. Um, next week, we might alter things a little bit because we've got to get Hard Knocks talking and see what your boy Gruden's up to. And an announcement for all fans of the GM Shuffle, of course, subscribe, rate, review. Mike and I are be going, we're doing two a days. So I wouldn't say two a days, two a weeks once the season starts. So starting when the season comes, we'll be going probably Monday and Wednesday. Of course, Monday recapping what happens on Sunday and then previewing Monday Night Football and then maybe the Wednesday or Thursday looking ahead to the weekend. So we're about to ramp up a lot of our content, yeah, my friend. No and John doubt. Gruden's going to give us a lot of it. Uh, he's going to give us everything. I mean, I can't wait for it. I can't. I want to count. How, I want to count. Love you, bros. Love you, bro. I want to count how many we get. Speaking of love you, bros, I checked on Apple, so I want to see what the comments are about you and me, what people are saying, right? And I'm going to tell you, the feedback's been good, so I appreciate that. Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review. Let me and Mike know what you like, what you don't like. And here's the biggest takeaway. People love the Sopranos talk. I, I'm, I swear to God, go look over at Apple Podcasts. They go, hey, tell Mike he knows his football, but more importantly, more Sopranos. So on, in honor of that, I was looking at a second opinion, which is that episode you love from oh, my season one. three, episode seven. This is the, one of the funniest slides. Junior, to Tony's annoyance, reveres the doctor mainly because he shares a name with his favorite president. Reminded by Tony that JFK's tenure struck the first serious blows against the mafia as a national force, Junior says, that was the brother. That was the brother. That was the brother. <laughs> Robert How do you get your hands around that? It was the brother. That's one of the greatest. That's the you know that was one of the greatest things when Uncle Junior's trying to. Bl- Don't you have enough in your blender? And he says, and then Tony gives him some line about if there's a broad in the car, you know, I don't want to repeat the line. And Junior says, if you're going to lie to me, you know, and he goes into this whole thing. That that thing is there. And then the looks he gives Bobby Bacala. I ask you to come with me to ask questions. And you ask one simple question about my diet. It's like a great, but you know, the thing that makes that scene so authentic for people that don't realize it is my mother, God rest her. So she'll be dead nine years, August 11th. She, when she went to the doctor, the same way that junior loved Kennedy, my mother loved the doc. Like the doctor could have told her anything. Okay, doctor, whatever you say, just like junior. Just like Junior. It was so perfect. Those Italian people from that culture, whatever the doctor said, it was gospel. Did she dream of you being a doctor then? No, that, she never did. No. <laughs> she knew I was useless with my hands. She knew <laughs> She knew like a hammer in my hand or a knife. I get, get that, that, kid, that kid is no chance. As Dr. Krakauer says, one thing you can never say that you haven't been told. And you're right. That was the whole thought about a second opinion. Back in the day, second opinion, doctor said it. Whatever yeah. the doctor says. All right, we'll be going orders. against the traffic. People come from New Jersey to go see Kennedy. Good. We'll be going against the traffic. It's the greatest thing of all. <laughs> Good stuff as always. Thanks for listening to GM Shuffle. We're talking hard knocks next week.